and I accidentally brushed up against Lisa, like our hands touched and I literally fell down on the ground in convulsions <laughs> and I was staring up at the sky in front of the pub, my, my body shaking up. This was like downtown, you know, of our local small town, not where I wanted to be doing, having this experience at all. Semi-public. <laughs> Semi-public. And, uh, and then I and felt I, that too. I looked up into the sky and for the first time, felt like I knew God. Like it was like my soul went up and for a moment I remembered that I was a soul in a body and that I've been here many times. I believe that each and every one of us has the power within ourselves to create the life that we really want. And I wanna help give you the tools to make that happen. I'm Danica Patrick and I'm pretty intense. Today on the podcast is Elisa and Adam Romeo. They are intuitive family and relationship counselors. As Elisa would say, she has the ability to sense whether or not you're speaking from your soul or, or not. And so she can tap into that energy. And so we've done a lot of fun energy work together, but the show today is really all about their love story. You know, sort of that breaking open of love, or as, you know, Elisa would say it, like becoming love um, that they experienced together and the crazy story of just the, the physical reactions and the emotional and the mental and just everything that went on with their, um, with them coming together. And then of course, what they, what they, you know, realized their purpose was together. Anything, honestly, I just hope that it helps you believe that there is more more at work than the obvious or that you can see. I hope that you are inspired by the show and I hope that you feel the love. Thank you so much, Elisa and Adam, for um, for guiding my soul for so long when we hadn't even met. Um, but now that we have, uh, it makes so much more sense and um, it's deeper now. And I think that having also experienced your work uh, <clears throat> um, and your stories, I have, um, I am evolving and growing at a pretty rapid rate. So thank you so much. You guys are making a huge difference um, on people. But I think that what, what I want to start off with is because the world that you guys operate in is so foreign to so many people and so woo-woo or so um, hard to believe and um, understand, because it's a world of energy and the unseen, is to tell your love story about, <clears throat> you know, just tell your love story because there's so much that comes through that is unbelievable and proof of energetics and proof of soul connections and soul purposes. And um, I just think that the story will leave people with an undeniable realization that there is more to this reality than what meets the eye. Um, and that's what meets the heart and meets the physical body. And, um, and, and, and it arrives in so many different forms, whether it be feel or words or energies or impressions, whatever it is, but there's so much in there. So <clears throat> maybe kind of like start off by like, yeah, who were you before mm -hmm. you met? That's a good mm -hmm. question. Well, uh, 
thanks for having us on your podcast. We're, we really appreciate it. And it's been great working with you this last little while. Uh, you know, for me, I, I had an aversion to the new age and woo woo vibe and that whole community before I met Elisa. And so I had this impression that people that were into these ideas of reincarnation and past lives and all this stuff were out there and not grounded, frankly, because a lot of them that I met weren't and they didn't feel like people that were really functioning in life had good relationships. And so it left a bad taste in my mouth. Mm -hmm. I I went to a liberal arts college that had a lot of these really out there hippie-esque people. and so I needed to have my own tangible experience of this to really change that for me. And uh, so it was remembering my own past lives and having my own experience in my soul that really brought this all home and also took it out of the realm. I also had some ideas about spirituality. I kind of believed in Buddhism and some. I picked up some Hindu philosophies, but it was kind of like a poo-poo platter of spirituality. It was like, oh, I like this idea. I like this idea. I'm going to put it all together in my head and then changing that to a real personal experience and uh, was what really shifted it for me. And so Elisa and I, we do soul work. So we talk to our souls and that's the topic of Elisa's book, Meet Your Soul. And our upcoming book, uh, Soul's Guide to Relationship is about how to use your soul to navigate relationships and, and bring that into it. It's all about how can you bring your soul's wisdom into practical life? How can you have this effect, make choices that will lead you to where you need to go, but also just make your life more full and have more fulfilling relationships. I was in a band. I was touring in my band. I had been working at being a musician for a long time, going through the the toughs ups and downs of that. And uh, I was so close to achieving my dream. I I was going to move down to L.A. Uh, I could feel this momentum with the band. We had a record deal. And so it was it was this feeling of, oh, my gosh, I'm I'm almost there. I've almost made what were you? Did you play guitar? Did you sing? What was your role? Yes, uh, I was I was in an indie folk band, I guess is how you classify it. And I was the lead. I just want to say he's an insane singer songwriter. So that was part of the confusion of the soul stuff, because Literally, he's my favorite musician, and he's very much like I always love like Alexi Murdoch's stuff and um, Nick Drake and um, Jack Johnson. Ray LaMontagne and Jack mm-hmm. Johnson, like mm-hmm. folk singer songwriters. And, and so, and in retrospect, I was always kind of like looking for him because they're all very much similar to his music. And he channels; he's always channeled his soul through music. So it's like his. Did lyrics, you know that? No, <laughs> his no lyrics are like prophetic, like things he rights then happen later and we had actually another whole story i haven't even told you about about um that realizing that in a car one day where he a song he'd written a year before coming to fruition and happening as we're driving along and so you manifested through it, music <laughs> yeah yeah manifests that are predicted then the thin line in between those two yeah things, yeah and so, actually, that's a funny story. The song yeah. that's part of our story, actually, yeah. which we'll, is we'll, even talking we'll about yesterday. Um, but yeah, so I was in a band, and it was everything I thought I wanted. So of course, I was like, "You've got to go do this," because yeah. I don't even know a better musician. I love you. The world should love you. You should be a musician. Like, of course, it's like a no duh situation. So, yeah. Yeah. but right at the cusp of me doing that <laughs> is when I met Elisa, and as soon as I met her, I just uh, it's. I don't know where to start with this <laughs> There's story, the story but, right there. Yeah. Uh, so I met Elisa at a restaurant 
And a mutual friend introduced us and she told me about her work. I actually had previously read one of her uh, eBooks right now that's Authentic Intuition Online, but we're rebranding it as, uh, re- going back to this original name, say, so. but anyways, I'd read her book. So I already vaguely knew about Elisa and I really loved that book. And what did you think about all, were you evolved to like understand all of that information or was it kind of part of the learning process? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I understood it, but I could feel it. Okay. I was like, something feels really true mm. in this material. Mm. And it's really about energetic, more like chords yeah. and chakra stuff and yeah. energetic protection for empaths. Yeah. Stuff. So, and then I met Elisa and she told me more when we're out to dinner with our friends about what soul work was and how you can talk dialogue with your highest version of love and get, you know, practical wisdom and all this. And I was like, that is insane. That is the most insane what thing were you, I've ever like, heard. When she said that, what, what were you feeling or what were you thinking? I, I was effort it, it was shocking because of how literal it was. It was like, Oh, you can really talk to the entity of your soul, the energy of your soul and get an answer. Cause I had only been in kind of the concepts of spirituality before that. And so it was more like a philosophical guess guesses of, of what was hypothesis he was in, he's into what, carl jung and psychology so he had true. read kind of conceptual work but this was definitely more spiritual direct yeah mm-hmm. so Personal. this is work opened up to me like oh you can get this direct wisdom now so you can have you a direct connection so I was curious. it resonated yeah you're like hmm. so i was like i would love to meet up and talk about this more and then she was like no my schedule is too busy i don't have time for that and, no, and you wanted, he wanted to do a trade. He was an easy yoga teacher as well. So he wanted to do a trade for yoga because he was a traveling musician, you know, like money was probably an issue. It was. And, uh, and I, trade, trades. and my yeah. ego, I did recognize <laughs> from him, even on an egoic level, like, oh, this guy's ready. And I appreciate that from people when I'm like, oh, you know, he's hungry. He, he, he's ready for the information. Mm-hmm. And because some people you can be talking about like, Oh, I had the spiritual experience, uh, and it, you can see like a wall, and it's not mm. penetrating. But <laughs> yeah. some people are like, "What? Like, you know, you like it's talk like to a spirit, curiosity. or you know, you like, see them lean in instead yeah, of out. It's like, right? what? Let's talk about this." People start whispering and getting excited. That's when they're like really ready. So he had yeah. that quality to him. But I was also like at a point in my life where I was like, I don't want to do a yoga trade for a session, and <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not going to do that. So then, uh, but then as a few weeks passed by, I just couldn't stop thinking about Elisa. It was like the obsession in my mind to the point that I'm like, am I insane? Am I a crazy person? Because she was still a stranger to me. I was like, this is, but I couldn't stop. When you say thinking about her, what, like, it's. It, it wasn't anything in particular. It wasn't he was like thinking, a, I think you were like, I really want this session. I really want but to But I don't know why, because I don't even, yeah. I've never had a reading with a like intuitive or a psychic. And so he didn't know why he even wanted so badly to do the session. I yeah. think his ego didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. It was just this like urge. Like I was like, I need to talk to her. Like I need to know more. Yeah. Uh, but, and, and it almost led to like a sort of a depression. I was like, I can't, like, it was like, felt like something was being blocked. And I would say this is weird for his character. He's yeah. not like a type of person who, like, I don't know, but I, I would imagine I kind of, kind of go with the flow like of life, before. you know, yeah. at that point. Uh, and then one day I was, it was actually right after I wrote this song and I was writing this song and then I lay. Is this the song that's like coming? No, the, the story I'm wondering song? what song it is. It's, it's a totally different one. It probably I, and like I, is. I don't think I ever recorded it. The song was about uh, my ancestry. <laughs> so it was about like thinking about the chain of my ancestors 
probably and some kind of epigenetics healing. Yeah, right. Yeah. On him. Uh, this right life you're here too. <laughs> it was called a pr- procession. So I, I kind of was like playing with this idea of like my ancestors had like this marching procession that ended up with me and what that meant uh, for me. Uh, so anyways, oh I, I wrote, I was writing that song and then I lay back and just being like, God, I wish Elisa would call me or like talk to me. And then right then my phone started ringing and I was like, and I picked it up and it was Elisa. And I got the number from a friend. He yeah. hadn't like given me his number. Yeah. So I like went out of the way. Yeah. It's like unknown on my cell phone. And I, and I picked and it up. And you still picked it up. That definitely yeah. says something. Yeah. Which I think Elisa symbolizes the unknown in my life. <laughs> the unknown was calling to you. Uh, yeah, so I picked it up, and then she's like, your soul won't leave me alone. He's astrally traveling to me uh, and bothering me every night and just won't get <laughs> off my ass. Like, I guess we're going to have to meet up and talk. <laughs> I had never heard about astral travel, of souls dialoguing in that way. And so I was just, I was speechless. I was just like, uh, okay. And like, so then we like set up a time where we could meet up and talk. And my experience of that time was he was repetitively coming to me. So sometimes I connect with people on the other side. So I'm used to spirits kind of coming in. Sometimes after sessions, like there'll be pushy spirits on the other side. Like I have one more thing or something. So I've had this, I know this sounds maybe really weird to people who haven't had this experience, but for me, I'm used to setting boundaries with spirits, Mm. just like with humans. People aren't used to doing that, no. (laughs) No, no. you have to sometimes be like, you know, it's like an empath tool too. If like you're going to go to sleep, you have to be able to shut off the other realm sometimes to be able to like. Probably a wise talent to cultivate. Yes. So the fact that Adam was being more pushy than my bossiest spirit from the other side was rare and weird for me where I was like, okay, this guy is different. And and then because what I do is talk to my soul, Sophia, because I also you don't want to be codependent with spirits as well as people or spirits, right? So and if you're new to our work, why Lisa says Sophia is in our book we uh, put it, uh, we have an exercise that's about giving your soul a name so you can personify your soul and that makes it easier to dialogue between your ego and your soul. I will attest so, to that being true. Yeah. <laughs> so 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 I asked Sophia, what's the deal with Adam? I turned into Jerry Seinfeld. And I was like, so what's the deal with Adam? And she was like, um, yeah, you should do this. So that was surprising to me because I did not, my ego did not think that would be happening. So then she was like, call him. So then that's when I got his information. Yeah. And so then we met up and uh, I was sitting across from Elisa. She was kind of explaining more about her work. I, I actually totally forget what we were talking about. Uh, and then... I felt, I, I saw this body of light come out of Lisa. So it was like a, it was like her in another version coming out of the front of her face. And it was, and it was this glowing body that just smiled, this smile to me that was the most loving smile I've ever felt. And it was, and I had this feeling of recognition with her where I was like, oh, you're who I've been looking for my whole life. Like you are the one that's been missing. And I had the sense of every moment of my life, I had been sort of searching for her, trying mm. to find her uh, through my music and just, yeah. The procession. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and uh, but I had never seen energy before. I'd never seen auras or any of that. So I literally 
like shot back in my seat and was like, what the fuck? And like, I don't know if you need to bleep that out, but. Nope, uh, we don't. Yeah, nice. Uh, And so, and it really destroyed my sense of reality. So it was this, it was this funny sensation of, oh, this is the most love I've ever known, but also this brings into question everything I've ever thought I knew. And so it was like my reality started crumbling before mm-hmm. me. So I remember... And expanding. Uh, yeah, and, ex- and expanding. And so, and I remember after our talk, me like, just like walking up bewildered, being like, what was that? Like this... You forgot his backpack. This doesn't... Uh, yeah, I like, forgot I all like, my stuff. I was like, can you drive and, right now? Because yeah. he was like... Actually, you closed the door. Yeah. I remember going like this, like peering from behind wow. it. Like he was kind of like, like really... Yeah. What did you say after that? Or was it a departure? It like I, when this moment happens, you're like, I gotta go. I it was it was kind of like that. I think really? I was I was like, I'm going to try to deny this as much as I can. Like mm-hmm. I'm gonna compartmentalize this and just pretend it didn't happen. Because I could feel that if I accepted what happened, it would change, change everything, everything for me. And mm-hmm. so, so true. I uh so I continued. On my path, I moved down to LA. I was and like, my experience, by the way, of that was also having this crazy soul connection, which was not normal that I'd ever had before. And a feeling of, I know him better than anyone I've ever known. My soul just remembered him. But then on an ego level, I was like, I don't know who he is. Like, I don't know if I feel safe with this person, like as a trustable life partner. Like, I don't know what his deal is. Like, does he have commitment issues? Like, I had no idea like who he was as a person. But my body and my energy was just like, this is it. This is like everything beyond your wildest imagination of love that exists on the planet that you can actually, it was like, my soul was like, this is your spiritual husband. Mm -hmm. You can choose to do this or not. You have free will. You don't have to do this, but we're showing him to you. Mm -hmm. So you can kind of like make the conscious choice of like in this life, do you want to do your work with and be loved by this person? Do this love work together, or you can continue on the path with what you've been doing. Which, Did that come through in words or was that a... Yeah, because it was like... Or was it a knowing? I mean, it was, it was kind of like soul a journaling. fifth. I, yeah, it was a fifth and seventh. In the moment when it was happening, I was very bewildered and my ego was like... Yeah, it was really different. So I just didn't know what was happening, but I was also trying to play it cool for him because I knew I had had more energetic experience and like working with spirits she and energy. So I was acting world. cooler than I was really doing. You know what I mean? Because I didn't want to freak him out. I was trying to like not traumatize him. I didn't want his first like spiritual opening to be like the person leading it is like, what's going on? You know what I mean? But inside I was like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Like I can tell. I think you could is- sense that part of me was was not ready to like a part of me like needed some time oh, to yeah. digest. Oh that for experience. sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I was already in a relationship mm-hmm. at this time. So I was already married mm-hmm. with a child. So there's no part of this that I wanted to be happening. My mm-hmm. ego was terrified. This was, I'm a very loyal person. When I got married, I was like, this is for life. And even though I was already having some struggles in my marriage in terms of intimacy and being mad emotionally, we had gone to therapy and I was like committed to like making, figuring it out, mm-hmm. you know? So, and because I'm a marriage and family therapist, I work with trauma and kids and I've seen, you know, divorce. And in general, I actually don't think it's divorce that hurts kids. I think it's the anger and the, the talking about the other partner badly and all that stuff. So, but I was terrified for, I didn't want that to be any type of my Mm -hmm. child's life. So, um, so we had a lot of reasons not, we had a lot of reasons. I think the big point of that is, is this nothing you wanted? Yeah. Right. This was something you were trying to, to not 
fully so deny. trying to block essentially yeah. Yeah. trying yeah. to ignore but was, what do, what you resist persists <laughs> yes yeah no kidding especially when it's a twin flame yeah so i would I like i would like you to explain <laughs> i do i think i think i think it's a we'll fine time no i do want you to explain to and flame because i think that if people are still listening they are cl- very curious about this world and may have heard of that um, yeah. may have heard of twin flame or soul um soul mate um <clears throat> and th- these words are are flashy Especially yeah. twin flame. They're like, I we, found my twin we, flame. We have a love-hate relationship so, with the twin flame term because a so lot of times maybe, people people like hearing about that and then thinking like, oh, that's what I want. That's the best type of relationship. I'm going to try to make that happen, even if that's in my soul path right now or not. And so then they start comparing every true love relationship in their life mm. to this idea mm. of a twin flame. And then that can really damage and block like actual love from happening or what the soul is actually working on. So it's not something, yeah, we don't see it as a hierarchy, like twin flames the best and everyone should be trying for that because it's actually not about that. It's more about what does your soul see as right now the best way to break you into love? And for some people, that's going to be a soulmate relationship. And for some, some people that's going to be being single, you know, Mm -hmm. some people are finding their strength in their own. And for some people that's going to be a twin flame relationship, which is Mm -hmm. basically you share an oversoul. So it's like, there's one level where I am Adam. So it's not even on a high soulmate level. It's like a compatibility, like a soul connection, a soul bond, a soul history. But twin flames, it's like, Adam and I are the same kind of like oversoul is how people consider it. Broken down into a masculine and a feminine. Right. Into like two bodies. Mm -hmm. And that can also be in a gay couple, but for us it's male and female. So explain the uh expression of how like explain what happened physically emotionally mentally like the energetic connections the synchronicities like explain uh your experience of a twin flame of your twin yeah and and we were grateful for that information Mm -hmm. out there at that time because we started having these things called love bombs which was basically that's a term we've We've made we, up. we made it up yeah. or whatever. <laughs> I'll describe it in, in, in layman's terms because for me, I had no idea what was going on. I didn't know about Kundalini or chakras or any of that. And so we just were like, no, this is not happening. We, you know, we're like denied our relationship. And then we went our separate ways. But then what started happening to me is I couldn't deny what I had seen completely. Like I started having like Lisa coming in my dreams to me and all stuff. And then, uh, I started having these moments of just being consumed by love. It was like this, this holy state where I'd just be like walking or on the beach or somewhere. And I'd suddenly be like, felt completely connected to the entire universe and not just to Lisa, but to everybody. But it was like through our union that that happened where it was, it was just like waking up from a dream. It was like life had been a dream and now I was like conscious and awake. And this started happening to me just at random in- increments. I would be at my house walking down the hallway and then suddenly I'd feel this like love energy just waves. come. They were like waves. Yeah, like... sensory down my body. And sometimes I would literally fall over with, it was like the shaking immensity of the experience and the love coming through my body. 
And so then I started texting Lisa. I was like, my life is going haywire. What the hell is happening? And, and then so, we realized these things were happening at the exact same time and we were in different states. So we were not <laughs> close in proximity, but we were experiencing a same energetic reality at the exact same. So then we would text every time it would happen and be like 3.43 on Friday afternoon. We're both hit with a love bomb, we would mm. call them. Whoa. And so then we're like, something's happening. Yeah. But we were still pretty dumb. Our egos are pretty dumb. So we were like... <laughs> maybe it's you know i'm still trying to like rationalize and bargain with god about like maybe it could be and i remember being like i don't know maybe we're gonna like meditate and teach people together but maybe it's not like a romantic thing like i was trying to still kind of like get out of yeah having to face my life you know yeah. and so then fate had it that i <laughs> got a show in seattle so i came back up you know to the northwest and uh was playing the show i you know decided to meet up with Elisa to go for a walk and to talk about what had been happening to us. And is that what the song did? Is that when you did the song? Or did oh, because oh, I was thinking yeah. that'd be fun to send Danica so she could have it. Because okay. one of the things we did on our journey, I can play it. We'll play it That's in the episode. Oh, so God. one of the, the things on our journey, I think you should, because the lyrics are prophetic and you will yeah. see it's we'll, ridiculous. We'll wrap the show with the song. <laughs> okay. So here we go. Live <laughs> so, from but I, should, <laughs> I should preface that as, uh, so what at least that during our first meeting, she's like, we, you don't have to trade me for yoga or whatever, you know? Because I was like, I don't feel like doing yoga. But so. you can, you could write a song about. Uh, Look at you. I'm like, why did I do that? That doesn't even make experience. sense. So like, when I, I was in LA, I was working on this song. Your soul was yeah. yeah, I guess. Because yeah. like, I was like, I'll use this for the business, which like literally is, makes no sense. Like, yeah. But, yeah. There was not a lot of rationale to it at I'm all. like, make a song. Yeah. Yeah. That's so wild. That's even crazy. Like, I'm still understanding what that was in this yeah. moment. Like, yeah. because what that was, was on a soul level, I knew that would help your ego to yeah. do that. So that's actually why we met up now, I remember. Because so I came back up to Seattle for the show. And then I was like, oh, I can come and we can record the song and you can use it for promotional material. That's what our interpretation was. You can use the song as like an intro for your videos or something like that. Lily's walking around. Our dog is walking around the studio here. Uh, and then we were walking and I accidentally brushed up against Lisa, like our hands touched and I literally fell down on the ground in convulsions <laughs> and I was staring up at the sky in front of the pub my my body shaking up this was like downtown you know of our local small town not where I wanted to be doing having this experience at all semi-public <laughs> semi-public and uh and then I felt that too I looked up into the sky and for the first time felt like I knew God. Like it was like my soul went up and for a moment I remembered that I was a soul in a body and that I've been here many times and that I've been reincarnating over and over and that and part of my shaking was the trauma that it is to forget. It was the all the fear and pain that when you forget really who you are, it just it's painful. Yeah. And 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 uh emotionally suffocating and mm. so it was like i was releasing all that i felt better and better mm. as it like all came out so it wasn't just a sort of random spiritual and it seizure. felt like an attunement like yeah. it was kind of like aligning us like it was getting things like i yeah. don't know like sinking again yeah mm -hmm. and there's there's so many layers of the story of where we could go but at that point and then was, it was in that moment i actually remember saying to adam as i fell to the ground i was like i think i've heard of this before i think it's called twin flames and it felt like 
like I didn't really know what I was you talking didn't know a lot about because I never spent a lot of time really reading into that because mm-hmm. I was already in a relationship that wasn't feeling like that. Yeah. Well, um. So it's like, why would I be reading about that? But I, it was like a memory that suddenly like came to me, which was actually I think useful because then it gave me some kind of like maybe I kind of understand what could be happening here. Yeah. I mean, we our egos were very clueless of what was going on, and we had to educate ourselves to yeah. keep up with the information. And it was helpful to find other people online who had experienced similar things and be like, oh, this is like a thing. Like, it's not, this like, does, yeah, does just to know this is like actually <laughs> we're something We're not just that totally happens. insane. Yeah. So it was like somewhere along the way, the seed had been planted that there was something out there called Twin Flame, and you had maybe kind of heard about it a little bit. But then when you had these crazy bodily things going on you're like what oh wait maybe i've heard about this and then you realized yeah there was no it was we were having a lot of telepathy where we were just able to talk without talking so that was like weird when you were in in a same place or when you were in different places different places (laughs) yeah Um, do you remember the first time that you remember the first like telepathic well there's this one time so uh our local community has this like giant uh, yard sale. Oh, it's like a cute, yeah. it's like the whole community cuts together and like sells their old junk. Uh, and like thousands of people. Come and out. I was, and I was aware that Elisa could potentially show up because it was like lots of the community shows up and I couldn't stop thinking about her. And that's all I wished. I was like so distracted that I was like, I don't care about anything I'm doing. I'm just like hoping maybe I'll run into her. And then I was like rummaging through some old records and I was like, she's behind me like right now she i can feel her behind me and i turned around and she was just like standing there going through some other stuff so <laughs> moments like that tons mm, of that where you're, it's like your souls are talking but the egos are still trying to catch up yeah mm, my goodness yeah and cool. so i was trained in therapeutic background so i was very hyper aware of this idea of projection which is this idea that like someone isn't seeing your soul. They're basically just projecting what they want on you. And my background just with old relationships had been a lot of projection. So I was very hypersensitive to the, to like, I don't want to be loved for something I'm not. I don't want someone to have a fantasy of who I am instead of who I was. So when Adam was looking at me in this beginning part of our relationship and like, I've looked for you in every sunset, I've always been chasing you in every song. Every girlfriend was an attempt to reach at you. I thought this guy is delusional and this is a projection. And I think it's so interesting because so well, those much words seem overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was like, does this, this sounds romantic like this is and a, like insane. This is a card. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and, uh, but guess what? Somebody had to come up with the words for the card. Right. Mm, wow. Um, at what point, I mean, skipping forward to your work, like, did you, how did that evolve into this place where you, you knew what you were here to do together or I where think, you came to do what you're doing together? I think a yeah. lot of twin flames usually have a mission that they're doing together. Like I was just reading the reason about, why they've come together for the greater good. A lot of twin flames often come together for some type of common cause and mission. Um, but I, we knew pretty early. I'm trying to think when I first real we knew pretty much right away right like, about the work that yeah we're like do. i had a sense we knew it was going to have to do with masculine feminine work which is kind of coming to which is kind of like the divine feminine and the divine masculine of like relationship work basically and that has to do again with homosexual relationship masculine feminine could throw people off sometimes with sure. the words but, but it's really it's an gender. energy it's not yeah. like gender yeah. Yeah. Um, and explain that 
it's a polarity where the masculine and the feminine are trying to come into union, like divine union. And I think so twins, trying to happen in everyone. Yes. And I think first it happens internally. My background's like Jungian psychotherapy. So and the Jungians are very much about the internal marriage first. So you kind of have to be good with your inner feminine, which is being able to connect to your feelings and your body awareness and being in a, like the presence. And then the masculine is the ability to make plans and goals and meet your, you know, be successful yeah. in life. And your masculine protects your inner feminine and supports your inner feminine. So for men and women, it's important to be able to like feel your feelings, set a boundary, communicate them, like all that work. So for a lot of people, that's oh, like a lifetime of work just there to do that well. And then we also need to do that in relationships, right? Oh. Externally. So then it's like a whole nother level. This correlates to, to the yin and yang energy that, you know, there's the, the Chinese philosophy that there's masculine and feminine energy in all things like they you know the mountains might have masculine energy while the rain might have feminine energy so it's, it's, and it's an energies. attraction and it's mm -hmm. um they constellate each other Being in balance and there's yeah. a way to activate and you can really get into this work of being able to like and i think why why in, in sexual energetics too being able to kind of activate and polarize the energies for sexual connection towards divine union so it's not just having sex it's activating the energies so that you're basically doing spiritual sexual work mm. which we do in our personal relationship what does and that mean activate the energy it's a, kind of like soul birthing but like in our with with our love so using our love as the container to heal each other so actually this is kind of i don't know if this is too much for the podcast it's not but, we're going there <laughs> um a lot of times we joke like our sex is not like sex that like you've anyone seen anywhere because it's like a combo of like yoga, therapy, embodiment, energetic work. Because when we, I can feel it even just looking in his eyes, right? We just start to work, right? So when we're becoming, <laughs> this is a lot, I don't know how much you want to go Working well, at what an I would energetic say, level yeah, before a physical if, level. Yeah. Well, what I would say and is, is this how go ahead to to put it in the simplest words that I can find is I can really <laughs> I, like really I know like start I have to stop looking at you or we'll start doing energetic stuff. Uh, you're gonna start doing I, it right here. <laughs> <laughs> we won't get naked. We're gonna keep our clothes on. It's very energetic, so it's yeah. like actually that's funny because we used to joke about having astral sex before we had physical sex so it was like oh actually that was one of the psychic things remember that would happen before and you both knew it was the same before like, we consummated it was like astral yeah like yeah sex you're like was this the first time or that and sometimes we'll out. joke we have two kids so when we're exhausted night stuff we'll be like we're not gonna physically have sex we'll just have astral sex yeah so we'll just like stare at each other and just like do drift off yeah energetic yeah. stuff Interesting. Well, I did not expect the podcast to go there. But, how does the masculine and feminine, I get how it could show up in, yeah. you, in you individually mm -hmm. to balance yourself out um, in those two energies because um, they're so different. I think so this, different, what you're about but, to say, is probably a big difference between twin flames and soulmates oh, um, okay. in terms of... How does it show up in the relationship? I, yeah. So where when we start talking about twin flames, I think it gets really tricky, uh, especially socially and culturally, because I think we're really encouraged to think that individuality is the strongest expression of mm. ourselves, that mm. that means you're a strong person if you're a strong individual. And I think twin flames is where you start doing the work through another person and with another person. So if you have any degree of codependency or projection or 
unresolved, you know, shadow stuff or trauma that that will sabotage a twin flame relationship very quickly. And so unless you have the tools to navigate through that, why I think in the same breath, it's hard for us to say twin flames without talking about masculine feminine right away is because how I experience the masculine with Elisa is I feel like I can see her soul so clearly that whenever I look at her, I can feel the part of her that is connected to God, that is her essence. And then through that, through clearly seeing her, I'm aware of the meaning of life or the, the bigger questions. So it's like through seeing how beautiful she is, I can connect to the bigger picture of things and and the bigger universal truths for everyone else as well. Hmm. So, and I think that's a masculine feminine dynamic where I think the masculine often is the witnesser is the one that's doing the conscious piercing. It's like, I am, my energy is moving forward through her energy. It's like, I often describe it like looking at a flower. Like I think that the masculine is like the witnesser of the flower and the flower is the feminine. And so the flower might not be aware of her presence. She not might not be aware of how beautiful she really is. But by being seen by somebody else in her real true beauty, she becomes more aware of who she is. So I think that's how masculine helps incarnate the feminine and how the feminine helps incarnate the masculine. Mm. That was really, I was confused, confused. And then I was like, oh, wow. And so since you all are experiencing yourself each of you are experiencing your souls. You can recognize what he's witnessing. Yeah. Like and then feel, and then I understand myself in a new way. And that's why we were talking like yesterday about that idea of like, I used to hate this idea. Like any, I needed anyone to complete me. Cause I really yeah. felt whole and complete myself. I felt like I had done tons of internal psychological work and self care and all that. So I was like, I don't, very taboo I in the don't, psychological yeah, world to it's say not, like yeah. You, if you're in therapy and you say, I need someone, they might immediately check if you're codependent, right? But nature of a twin flame relationship isn't to get or receive love, but to turn you into love. So it's your need, but it's not a need from ego. It's a need from soul. And that's what people don't understand the difference. Is it essential then for that? Yeah. To, if Adam died today, I know I would need to seek him on a spiritual plane and continue to work with and through him for like the evolution of my soul. Not because my soul is not enough by herself or not capable of anything, but because she loves him and will follow him anywhere. And that's what we mean by an oversoul. And, and to me, it's so beautiful, honestly. It's okay. Yeah. Like as we were having our last conversation about empaths and feeling and, and you being one of them, like you're crying as I'm so much more, um, hold so much more space for that. So that's. Because it's like, to me, Adam is proof of God Mm. that love is real Mm. here. Yeah. Soul connection is real. Mm -hmm. Soul orchestration. We didn't just meet in this lifetime. This is a reunion. So what does that mean about the state of this world? Yeah. And what does that mean about you and I and, you know, every other relationship? Because it's peering behind the veil. that happened for you? Yeah. What, what else, else is, is going on for exactly you? and and when we were first together i remember having this might hopefully not be too much for the show either but a feeling of, we crossed that line a long time ago <laughs> i call it i called it being effed open by god because there were periods in our 
soul waves where I felt almost like a huge phallus coming into my heart and penetrating and opening me up through a divine, like, I don't even know, (laughs) explain it. And it was knowing myself as my divine feminine, which I think that's so cliche and that could be such a, that phrase, it's hard to even explain what that means now to me, but I think it's a coming more in. I mean, I was somebody who's like super in my, I would call my false masculine. The reason I call it false is because for me, it wasn't my true soul expression. For some women, that is their true soul expression in the masculine. For me, it wasn't, Mm -hmm. but I was really good at being raised. You know, my mom from a young age was like, you know, you can do anything you want. And like, um, just it was that drive. It was this idea of like, um, but that it also didn't allow you to feel your own feelings. Yeah, it was kind of like you can achieve anything, and I could, and I did. But then it wasn't. But at the expense of sometimes soul connection. So this whole process of meeting Adam and coming into my soul and being loved for my true essence Mm -hmm. without doing. It was as being, I am completely loved and accepted, which gives you, you know, it's funny because the feeling was impotence. I'm like a a female with a feeling of impotence because I wasn't able to be performing in a masculine any longer because my soul was showing me. I actually remember we were driving on the road one day and my soul completely enveloped me when we were newly together. And it was like the divine feminine all throughout me. And I remember saying to Adam, how am I ever going to get anything done? Oh my God. How do you do? I relate to all this. How do you do from this state of blissful being expansion? I'm never going to like pack another lunch for the kids for breakfast again. I'm never going to get off the couch. How do you do anything from this energy state? And I think so. I think that's a great metaphor for masculine and feminine again, because I would say masculine is the conscious navigation where feminine is allowing the experience to happen to you. Uh, so you can't it's like, like receiving, too. like if you're Being doing yoga, I would say masculine is the part that gets you into the pose, but then the feminine is the part that can relax into the pose and receive the pose. So if you have one, if you're doing math yoga in a super only masculine way you're not receiving the relaxation or the releases that you could and what's weird is and if before, you're feminine you might not do it at all before you might just we be met. a puddle on the floor having <laughs> spiritual experiences totally before and, we met as egos i think i was in some ways better at masculine energy and he was better at feminine energy because i learned feminine like he was like just hang out and be right and like and I was like, what's the plan for your life? You know, right. it's very scary to move from a false masculine to a true feminine because the feeling is like moving into your absolute most vulnerable place, mm-hmm. trusting it, opening Ugh. up. And every time I would do that, he actually kind of forces me into it because when I'm like in a like autopilot mode of like doing, doing, he'll be like, I, where are you? I miss you. Where's your soul? Come Ugh. back. And he tries to like, stop me and then my ego sometimes is addicted and wants to be like no i've gotta you know keep going with this thing and i can almost feel the part of me that's about to die Mm -hmm. if i have to be like even the way he's looking at me right now like he's literally like i am seeing you so deeply Mm -hmm. that i'm going to kind of act you know bring out you can feel them when you're where you're ruminating right like i can then feel where i'm like getting more manic basically and then and it's false. That's why. They, that's why for me, it's the false so masculine for me because for me, but for him, it's his true state. Because yeah, maybe you could talk a little bit about how we realized that at first. How it was like yeah. So like Elisa said, I think she was she grew up where she was really trained of like 
this is how you get stuff done. This is the practical choices and just go and do it in this really driven false masculine energy where I grew up in this like very loosey goosey. Like I like what's the plan of your life? I don't know. I'm just going to play music and see where it takes me uh, experience the moment. So, and he was doing like reflective listening work with men's groups in like high school. Right. So he like came from this background of like, yeah, men sitting around together and feeling their feelings. So normal. Like, yeah, so yeah. he was like good with the feminine part but inside him. It, and your parents growing up, I think were they scientists? Or yeah, like my your, mom's a mathematician, my dad's yeah. a scientist. Right, so, so you came like, from like a non-woo yeah. background. Yeah, it like, was like you should probably get your PhD. Like yeah. that's probably yeah. the least of what Which you I think could is be also doing. an interesting story of like <laughs> yeah. you know coming from that background of such like numbers and sense and words on paper, numbers on paper, everything is like provable yeah. to like, I just feel it. Right. Totally. Which yeah. A, oh, I think yeah. proof of the proof of the magic in it. all. And I had how, a lot of the inner skepticism I had yeah. to like unprogram because I heard my dad all the time inside of me be like, correlation, not causation, you know, like just like, <laughs> you know, he was raised a Catholic and was a man of science. So had a trouble, you know, figuring that out. And so a lot of his life was like as a cynic. Because he was a natural intuitive, he was a genius biochemic, and he used intuition in his work. He didn't even but know he what I bet. couldn't like couldn't admit that. To he admit it. Yeah. He wouldn't call it soul or something because that would be like too close to his abusive kind of um, Catholic upbringing. Yeah, yeah. It'd be like, blasphemous. Yeah, love hate relationship. Mm-hmm. But, but so yeah. when I was in my false feminine, it didn't feel like me. Like there was a part of me that felt sort of lost. Uh, like there was no direction. Like I didn't have that sort of masculine. Uh, conscious choice to be like having drive in my life. And we and shouldn't say I that met, means he doesn't feel his feminine now because yeah. Adam's very like, well, I feels think, his feelings uh, and talks about them. You but. developed your masculine to the extent that you should have and I developed my feminine <laughs> to the extent that I should have and then we are ready to meet more accurately the nature of our souls because mm-hmm. I have a very masculine soul she has a very feminine soul and I wouldn't say that about all people. I'd say that's mm-hmm. a very particular twin flame thing to be so polarized in that. I think most people have a more balanced. Most soulmates uh, are going to be percentage. working on their inner masculine feminine union mm-hmm. and then healthy kind of connection through mm-hmm. their lifetime. But if twin is a thing for you, it might be about, for me, surrendering mm-hmm. to Adam. Yeah. Because but, it's not mm-hmm. a scary and false thing where he's going to possess and control me and use that emotionally abusively. Like it would be if somebody who was still working on potentially like inner masculine feminine stuff and getting a hold of their own inner dynamics. He is me. So mm-hmm. the trust is... I think masculine is a really, I think, misinterpreted word and feminine too, because we have all these cultural ideas of what feminine masculine looks like. We've picture for when somebody says finding my feminine, we might picture like a 1950s housewife, you know, that's like submissive and doesn't know her power. So, but it's finding at least a soul essence where she's like, where's the feminine part of me that can receive love and be in love and be myself and be comfortable and feel at peace. Mm-hmm. And And then so for me, when I met my masculine soul, it was like a shock because my soul is super driven and super direct and super fiery in many Mm. ways. And so, but I had been trained in this super watery, you know, uh, way. And so when I met him, it was like almost scary at first because uh, it was like, I, I didn't believe that somebody could love like that. Cause I had a, 
so much false ideas about what masculinity was. I was like, I, I had only been exposed to kind of these macho guys that were using masculinity as a power like tripping a way, way in a toxic way that was, you know, just insecurities coming out as uh, now I need to uh, be a masculine persona to cope with those insecurities uh, to prove to myself that I'm worthy. There's all sorts of things we could uh, go into there. So when I met mine, I, my soul, I really had to take off all those ideas of what I had about masculine and feminine. So I would say to anybody listening, if you hear the words masculine and feminine and you feel a, a gross feeling like it's triggery for some reason to know that that's probably cultural paradigms that and are real trauma might and, be on that and trauma that has to be healed. Yeah. So then I had to, it took me a while to really acquaint myself with my soul to get to know his nature. And like Elisa said, I had this one dream where I felt like my soul was chasing me where I was like, I want to get away from him because I don't identify as him yet. But then over time, when I got to know him, it was such love in his directness and such power in that. And I was pushing him into it. I was like yeah. forcing him into it because I loved his soul. So he would like, so I kind of almost like trigger him, like activate him to summon Not his soul. Not knowingly. Yeah, right. Or unconscious. No, pretty yeah. unconsciously. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes consciously, but mostly unconsciously. Yeah. And just, it was like an energy thing. And then he would come forward with his masculine and then I'd be like, there you are. And he would be like, I don't know if I like or trust that voice. And I was like, I love that voice. <laughs> So that voice would come up sometimes where it'd be like, you need to stop doing this behavior, Lisa, because this is unhealthy <laughs> yeah. for you. Like, this is not okay to hold on to this behavior. So the masculine has this ability to be like, let's cut out all the unhealthy stuff in our life. Let's be real. Let's get direct and let's do the work now. And I projected of, on him because mm -hmm. I had passive abusive boyfriends that would be controlling. So when he would do that, I would be like, oh, you're, you're reminding me of someone else. But then, and I, because I was soul journaling, thank God we wouldn't be together if we were soul journal because then my soul would remind me he's doing this from love. This is not power and control. There is a difference. And even though the words are the same, feel the energy. Mm. He's fighting for your soul. Mm. He's not trying to control you in any way. And all that, I think, takes really high level, level of discernment, which discernment is why this conversation will probably be confusing for like a lot of people. Most, I mean, yeah, there is some confusing, but I think that if, if they've stuck with this story, um, understand life is life's tough like it, but you're here to learn lessons and grow and part of big growth for me has been to meet my soul um because of your book and because of my because I want to um and 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 then to you know work with my soul and soul journal um so talk to me about how we can, how can we meet our soul? How can we even start this process, right? Because you're talking about masculine, feminine, energies, projections, all kinds of crazy dynamics that seem overwhelming. Like, what do I do with that? It I know starts talking with about, just talking to your Where soul. does it start? People, how do people create this awareness to be able to decipher between all these different energies going on? It's really just like anyone can learn to talk to their soul, which is just connecting to your true self by kind of taking a second to slow down and breathe and talk to the voice of all love and all wisdom within yeah. you. Let's do a quick, let's like go, yeah. like I, you're great at meditation. <laughs> yes. You're great. I mean, you're both, you're both capable. Like if someone is listening and they have the time and they're not driving or something like that, let's give them a, let's take them there, take them there for a second and see if they can start to just like spark that connection between them and their soul. Okay. So if you're listening, just take a moment to notice your breath. We're going to 
just bring our awareness back to the breath in our body, just if there's any tension in your muscles, and just becoming self-aware again. If you're driving in your car, of course, you don't have to close your <laughs> eyes or anything like that. It's just taking a moment to stop the track of our minds from the egoic narrative. And we're going to set the intention to meet your soul. This is the essence of who you are. This is your unique individuality, the divine blueprint of what makes you, you. And I would say you as love. You as love. And right now, if you just pretend to hear that inner voice give you a message. This is the version of you as your unique version of love. What does that voice want to tell you? And if you heard a sentence, if you had an image in your head, or if you felt a stir of emotion, that was your soul. And it's easy to dismiss. It's easy to minimize. It's easy to write it off and go right back into our rationalistic understanding of things. But it's that subtle voice of love inside that is your soul. So just take a moment to receive that message, to let it integrate. And to strengthen that muscle, to get that voice louder, to start using that voice for direction in our lives. We can just do this daily to just take a moment to connect with our souls, to feel our souls, to see what our soul has to say. And if you want to take this work further, we have a book called Meet Your Soul. That's the full instruction manual on how to also root out all the voices that block us from hearing our soul, the little voices that tell us what we should think and shouldn't think and our little cultural influences and programming to weed that all out so we can just hear the pure voice of ourselves. So we'll just take a moment to say thank you to our soul, to recognize it again. And when you're ready, you can come back to your waking state. And it's so simple. It's almost so easy to overlook. A lot of people think they're doing this, like. Of course, yeah, I know what my soul would say, but are they really checking in? Mm -hmm. And when you stop and do it, it's really different to talk to love than to talk about love. Mm -hmm. And so what we're doing is we're directing the ego to face it, to face mm -hmm. love, and then ask. Or talk about an ideal of love. And I think that's what makes our circumstance uh, unique because we had our idea of what love should look like. Mm -hmm. Our idea of what mm -hmm. love should look like is that we shouldn't be together. So if we followed what we thought was mm. love, we would not be together. But it was that looking internally and, and feeling ourselves. I mean, we couldn't get away from it. So it was happening to us that really convinced us that this was love and mm. that and and everything, you know, at the time it was scary to make the decision to be together and to do this. But everything worked out and we were really worried about uh, 
our son and but he just flourished he it was like he, a cloud came out from over his head and he just became more of himself and more happy and we realized that it was happiness and love that and he there wanted. was a weird soul recognition between yeah i had past life of... memories with him too and, and there was all this um, all this stuff so so natural wow. and and uh elisa's ex found a woman that was perfect for him they have such a, a good match another... like it was what i prayed for when i met her i said i prayed for you because they just and, fit yeah. they make sense yeah and so it's so it was that that courage i think to to well, hear that as life it was. life can life if it, we just got to get out of the way and yeah. life isn't always super easy and smooth and peaceful and perfect um but through every through every challenge. Um, well, I love the saying, the only way to the other side is through. So I don't, I, I think everybody is different for how many times they have to go through something and some souls incarnate with a little more, little more, little more oomph to get yeah. through things <laughs> and a little more of a purpose and then others. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but you know, the only way to the other side is through. And so I'm so proud that you guys went through it and didn't use your mind. I think that was such a beautiful way to say that, to say like, we shouldn't be together. So we're not, you felt you should be together. And so that's the check-in. That's the closing your eyes and just going, like, I always feel like the most clear, like the easiest way to access quick information about what your soul is trying to tell you is that when you spark it by saying, is there something you want to tell me? There's, there's a That's message great. waiting, right? Is there something I should know? Am I doing the right thing? Like, am I on track? Like, am I living my truth? Is he the right one? Is she the right one? Like, you can just ask real simple questions that get yes or no answers, and you can get directed. And then there's like the difference between the two has always felt to me like the the no the intellectual no was chaotic right there was like it was what didn't you you resisted so it persisted and there was chaos and there was confusion and there was uh, fear and all kinds of things and then when you kind of like give into the feeling you allow the feeling you ask the questions and then you go with what you are checking in about then things start to clear up and the clouds go away and you're like whoa but i had to go through it and so that's the that's the hard part. Um, but you earn, you earn that experience of love through going through it. It's yeah, like your rite of passage. And I feel almost. like I almost didn't do it. I was so, I love security and I love just like yeah. that loyalty. So I, the, the proudest decision in my entire life has been following this because I remember there's a point where someone in my career said, you're going to lose everything. No one's going to trust a marriage or family therapist who's having a midlife crisis and just wants to go have sex with a musician. And I was like, oh my God, if it was that simple, that would be like a lot easier than actually what's happening, which is like my soul is coming forward and changing my entire life and how I will lose my career is if I'm telling people to follow their souls and I'm refusing to listen to mine. And that was really hard. We had lost a lot of friends and family members said they didn't respect us anymore. And it was tumultuous. But looking back, it felt like it would be slapping God in the face. It felt like this love was shown to me. And it was from such a divine place that to not participate and engage with that was just almost like her her heretical. Yeah. 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 Well, 
I'm proud of that. And there's so many other directions we could go and explain more and more about mm-hmm. all the work done. But I just thought that honestly, your love story was the greatest example of how listening to your soul and thank goodness you did. And, and hopefully this encourages others to, if they feel some kind of confusion in their life to learn, get your book or just learn how to just start creating that dialogue with their soul. It might sound, it might seem really goofy and you don't need to tell anyone about it. Even you can just do this privately, but you will develop a relationship with your soul that will become, it will become familiar and you will be able to decipher the difference between like, you will trust the intuition, you will trust the soul, you will trust the messaging, trust the information. And it will be your biggest, it is like knowing your soul is like knowing the truth. And that's why it takes bravery because the truth is not always what you want to hear. But it's coming through. It's either coming through eventually in this life later on because you've avoided it, but it's going to come through at some point. Or in our opinions, you're going to have to come back and do it again if you deny it. And um, everyone's got their own opinion on how that looks. But but that 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 is ours. And so um, you you will eventually have to face your fears and insecurities and truth um, and get to meet love when you do. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much. Thanks. <laughs> oh, have you ever had a chance to see what you've always been? glimpse out the window of a black and white film oh hell you ever had a chance to believe in more than a screen did you know Can I rest 
for just one night Before I face the fears of my own life Before I break Just to reunite everybody for listening to the pretty intense podcast today i hope you enjoyed it if you like what you heard today and you want to hear more please click on the subscribe button